Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Actually, I said crisis, and it's choices. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I know. Me and my wife both worked at CPC for uh, quite some time. Oh, I'll get this one, sorry. And uh, I invited her. She was the director when I was employed at the Glendale Center, which was the largest center of all the CPCs. And I thought, you know what, like I'd heard of CPC, but we're doing the baby bottle drive from Mother's Day to Father's Day. But I just thought it'd be so fun to invite somebody to just kind of share a little bit more about what this great ministry does. So um, you've been with CPC now for how long? I've been there 19 years. 19 years. 18 years employed. I volunteered one year of my time. Awesome. So it's just an amazing ministry. It's a ministry of for the community, that they have a safe place that they can come, and they can get free pregnancy tests. They can get free limited ultrasound. We're starting, um, when you were there, we do, we're doing the STD program, the um, to offer to the community. So we're getting started back on that again. We offer parenting classes. I mean, Apple says they have an app for everything on the iPhone. Well, we have a resource for everything that they need. If they're addicted to drugs, we have rehabs that they can get into. If they need a place to stay, we have places that they can go to. If the girls will come through our program, a lot of these girls that we see are um, looking at abortion as an option. And so we want them to know that they have options. They're not being told they have options. So when they come into our center, we're able to talk to them about adoption, which is a wonderful program. We partner with a couple of agencies that will come immediately. If that girl's sitting in our center, we can call them, they'll come right there. Mm -hmm. And they'll start talking to them about adoption. Um, Parenting is a a wonderful option. And then we wanna educate them on abortion. We want them to know exactly what abortion looks like, from the risks to the procedure, to after that abortion. Um, Of course, that's not what we would like them to see. We don't refer, we don't, perform of course we don't but we want them to know that abortion isn't just that easy button that they're going to push and their life is going to be fine afterwards we want them to know there's hope for them yeah that's awesome and you guys have how many locations now three three okay so people can come in there and it's no uh whole lot of red tape they can get free um std testing pregnancy testing um and then a lot of parents i know were just like overwhelmed with everything but you guys have a really cool store. And so um, is it still called Earn While You Learn? It's actually called Life Path now. Life Path, okay. So you give them a chance to say, hey, look, you're not raising this child alone. And they will go through and do parenting classes that are actually biblically based. Yes. So one of the things that I was completely clueless at is um, CPC is a huge salvation way that when people are at crisis, they're more in tune with like getting help and praying than any other time before. So when these people come in and we have guys and girls and um, there's an amazing volunteer group that comes from all different churches and it's just like amazing to see. But don't you have like a baby room on site that 
So we have a boutique in every one of the centers. So what the young people do is they come in the center or they now we have online since COVID happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can do online classes with them. We can do in-person classes. Those are the ones that I love. I teach a class every Thursday. And it's so fun to watch these little mommies and daddies come with them and just learn all the different te techniques of how to bond with their baby inside the womb, how to take care of that baby when it gets here, change the diaper, bond with it there, how to get through labor, delivery, breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is a huge thing now with the shortage of formula. Mm, we're, yeah. we're now really being very proactive in teaching um, breastfeeding classes. And so as they go to these classes, mm -hmm. they earn credit in the baby boutique. Yes. And it is decked out. I wish we had a picture. I mean, it cribs and diapers and clothes and like they get so much funding yes. for this thing. So it is really amazing. If you've never gone to a center, um, yes. Lorraine's going to be out there and she would love to give you a little tour of the center. Yeah. If you're interested in maybe even volunteering, tell us what that looks like. So what happens with volunteering is um, you sign up and you go through a training seminar, then you come in and whatever area that you feel like God is leading you to do, we need advocates, we need people to, to teach uh, parenting classes, we need people um, who would like to facilitate our post-abortion recovery groups. So we, um, so what you do is you go through an extensive training. It takes a good six weeks to go through. You don't do that every day. It's once a week. We only require you to be in the center once a week for four-hour shift and for a commitment of a year. I'm telling you, I started <laughs> as a volunteer, and I'm a lifer. <laughs> I, um, when I retire in my position as I do post-abortion recovery, I will volunteer my time. So, so awesome. Yes. How, how's that class work? Because I know that that hits a huge demographic of the population. What are, what are the stats of that? For the post-abortion mm -hmm. recovery? So sitting in a church, one out of four people have had an abortion. As much as we hear abortion being talked about in, in the news and in the community, it's really not talked about a whole lot in the church. It's a secret that people are so afraid if you find out about it, we'll be condemned. So what happens is we offer one-on-one um, -on -one groups. We do group support, and it takes eight to 10 weeks, and it's the best ever. Women are able to um, unpack the pain of that abortion. They're able to grieve that loss. They're able to accept God's forgiveness. They're able to memorialize that life. So the classes are amazing. If you know anyone, come and talk to me about it. I'd love to give information. We have community uh, in the community. They find out about us, our volunteers, our staff, our clients. Last year, 400 of our clients walked into our center. They had one or more abortion. And they walk with the pain of that throughout their wow. life. So out of the three centers, about how many people how many visits do you see in your centers? About 400 a month. 400 a month. We have 400 girls walking into our centers. I know a month. it. Some are scared. They don't know where to go, what to do, where to turn. Some are um, excited, and we're excited when we can be excited. Um, yeah. And about CPC in Phoenix is like so top notch. Yes. Um, they have like a 40 ultrasound. They had different fundings. They have. Um, like top-notch nurses who are medically trained yes. to help the other ultrasound techs 
um, do this. So it is really, really impressive. Yes. So I remember even one couple was going through the parenting classes, and they're just like, we feel like we need to get married. Do you remember that yes. wedding we did at the yes. center? It was, <laughs> it was so, so beautiful. Amazing. We got so married it was right cool. there. <laughs> About how many people, you know, you have 400 a month. How many people accept Jesus? Do you have any idea with that? Yeah, so less than 100 last year accepted Jesus as their Savior. So about 100 salvations. Yes. I mean, you're talking like churches. We'd love to see 100 salvations. But like this truly is a church. Like when you go there and you see all the different mix of, it's just really God's spirit bringing all the volunteers and everything. And it is really a place where Jesus meets people at their darkest moments. So. Yes, we're starting a new program. We'd love to work with the churches in the community, and it's called Bridges. So when these um, girls and guys accept Jesus, we want a place to put them. (laughs) That's where they're really, you know, we could give them everything that the Valley has to offer, but if we can't give them Jesus, then we can't give them anything. So if we can get them planted into churches, that's where they're going to grow spiritually. They're going to get to raise their children in a Christ-like environment, and they're going to learn. And I think that's the greatest thing is teaching them how to break cycles in their life, how to, um, you know, change their lifestyles and ones that they've seen. Some of them are young, but they've seen lifestyles in their parents. So to get them in a family, a church family, is beautiful. That's awesome. Any idea about, like, how many lives you think when people show up there and they're like, I want to end this child's life, and how many lives have been saved through that? So um, the girl, if they will come through our program, if they'll come in, get that free pregnancy test, get that ultrasound, because that ultrasound is huge. It's a window to the womb. They get to see their baby. 60% will change their mind if they accept, if they will um, walk through the program with us. Awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome to watch because, you know, we pray and pray because we want them to see that that life has a purpose because God creates every life. Even if that young girl is 14 years old, God has a purpose for that life. Amen. So we want them to know um, that that is for them. Awesome. So if they want information or yes. information on volunteering, um, yeah, how, many, how many times a month did you say that was? A four-hour commitment? Yeah, once a week. Once a week? Um, four, hours, four hours, one shift, once a week. Now, you can do as much as you want. They'll never stop you. <laughs> we just require once a week, one shift. It's about a four-and-a-half-hour shift awesome. for a year. Awesome. You, you just sign with your blood for a year, and then after that, you're welcome to <laughs> give us more. Like I said, I started as a volunteer. Yeah. Little did I know. And if I'm you're feeling it. any nudge, it's worth going down there just to tour yes, the center and see what they're, what they're about. It yeah. really is. A, a, has anybody been to a, a CPC center? Oh, my gosh. We need to do a field trip. Let's yes. get, get on the party bus. Go down there. Come. I know the youth went down there to do some volunteering. Oh, and so, um, anyways, we, we want to pray for you and for CPC and the work that you guys are doing. So go ahead and join me. Um, Heavenly Father, we do pray for those who are just um, under the stress and the weight and the pressure and the fear, who are pregnant right now, who don't have an answer. Lord, would you send them to one of the CPC centers? Um, Lord, we pray for even politically all the stuff that's going on for life. Lord, we know that you are for life. And so, God, we pray that you would nudge us, that you would teach us our assignment. What should we do about this? 
And God, I thank you for the men and women who serve, who volunteer. We pray your protection. And God, we just pray that this would just be a life, like a blooming um, bouquet of, of just your spirit and your love into people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you so much. Give her a big hand of applause. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I am excited about sharing a full message because I get some uh, overtime hours, so pastors get paid overtime. Did you know that? No, we don't. <laughs> Anyways, I'll share uh, a little bit. We are in the middle of Galatians 4, and so if you want to turn with me, we are uh, not going to cover the entire chapter, but I've got a couple points that I wanted to really highlight, and one is that we are adopted into God's family that we are children of God, adopted into his family. And then the last point is just, what does it look like to earn God's favor? What does it look like, um, what's our motivation with God's favor? So starting in chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, we are just going to dive right into it. It says this, it says that God sent him, who is Christ, to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us, say adopt us, as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us, get this, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. God's spirit is in us, and it prompts us, it encourages us to refer to God as Father, as Abba, Father. What does Abba mean? Abba actually does mean the word father. And in scripture, every time you see Abba, father is followed. It means um, a close, the, the picture is kind of a close intimacy between a child and, and his father. Um, it's expressed in affection and confidence and trust. It's kind of like you see uh, a child who runs and they stumble and they hurt and they're like, daddy, and they reach up and the dad just scoops them up. That child has trust and confidence that the dad's going to care, that he's going to love, that he's going to provide, that he's going to feed and shelter. That is the picture of us and our relationship with God. And there's something special about adoption. Uh, when, when you're married and sometimes you don't have everything planned and you're like, whoa, guess what? We're pregnant. And there's like the mystery of having children. But when you adopt, it's a whole different thing. When you adopt, there's quite a process. The state gets involved and different people check out your house and they want to see a plan and they want to see the room. And you really, as parents, count the cost for adopting a child. And sometimes you have a, a picture that you see or maybe you have medical history or you know a little bit about the parents. But when it comes to adopting, it's a whole different weight. And God says, you know what? I see you. I see your good parts. I see the ugly parts, the parts that you're ashamed of, the parts that you want to hide away, your weirdness. And God says, in all of that, I choose you. I want you to be in my family. And that's what's so phenomenal about this passage, is it, is it because of Christ and what he's done, he's bridged the gap to where we are now no longer strangers, and the law doesn't separate us from God's grace, but he, his spirit inside us prompts us to refer to God as Daddy, as Abba. 
And becoming a child of God is like the highest, most humbling of all honors. Because we have a new relationship with God. It's not like back in Genesis where Adam and Eve sinned and they messed up. And the one thing they wanted to do was hide from God because they felt shame. Now we have a whole different picture because of Christ that we can go to God. We can be a part of him and we can say, man, I messed up. I need your help and I need your grace. Daddy, pick me up. I, uh, sometimes I like documentaries. Does anybody like documentaries? Okay, good. I'm not alone. Maybe it's me getting older. I don't know. Anyways, I, uh, I saw some different documentaries about JFK, and I saw this picture, and I thought, man, what an amazing picture. There's his son and daughter, and they're in the Oval Office. <laughs> and it reminded me of the scripture in Hebrews. It says, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. Think about what it must be like to be a child of a president. You have the secret service. You have all these planners and schedulers and receptionists and all this entourage around your dad. But if you need to go see your dad, you just barge into his office. <laughs> like, that kid has no idea the Oval Office. That's like one of the most sacred places in all the planet. Like, who's been to the Oval Office? Exactly. But this kid just... Francis, right on in. That's what God invites us to. And you weren't a mistake. You were chosen to be in that position. And this whole father thing, it's a big, big deal. Because when Jesus lived on earth, he wanted to point us to how we should relate to God. And when the disciples saw Jesus... One of the, the foundations of our faith is prayer. Like, how do we relate to, to Heavenly Father? How do we relate to God? And Jesus says, here's how you should pray. And he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And he starts out with, our Father. He was always asking the question about being in my Father's business. What is about my Father's business? That's the area that I need to spend my time in. A God who's all-knowing, who's holy, ever-present, who knows you. And he says, you know what? I encourage you, I put my spirit in you to prompt you to call me Abba, Father. Like, that is amazing. And I know there's people here, when you hear that maybe the, the word daddy, it might put into picture some negative or hurtful pictures in your mind. But God says, you know what? I know all that. I want to I wanna reestablish what a daddy looks like. I want to reestablish what a parent and a healthy father-son, father-daughter relationship looks like. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Elf, <laughs> um, Walter did not give that privilege to Buddy. Um, Buddy called Walter dad, and Walter was not having it. So <laughs> I thought that joke was going to be more funny. Jeez. It's a great movie. Anyways, there is a, there's a connotation to, you know, don't call me dad. That means I have to take care of you. I have to provide for you, all this stuff. And I was putting together this message, and I reached out to Stephen and Melissa Hogg. And Melissa, if you want to come on up, um, give her a hand. But they have <laughs> biological children. And I just said, what is it like to be parents of adoption? And she, she wrote me back some stuff, and I'm just like, would you come and share it with everybody? So go ahead and share what, you, uh, what your thoughts are. Yeah. Um, 
I grew up in the church, and I've heard that verse a um, hundred times in adoption. I was like, oh, that's great. It's for other people. And then we met our son, and he came to us in the most unexpected and unique ways. We had three children. I had a 10-month-old, Zayner, and life was too full. It wasn't, we didn't have room for him. I was overwhelmed. I wasn't sleeping, any of those things. But this little boy came into our life, and I was helping take care of him. And I didn't really understand adoption until I watched my husband choose to love this little boy. Um, he, we were asked to adopt him, and we were like, I was like, whoa, 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 life is full. And immediately my husband said, yes, I choose him. And I just watched him go from helping me take care of this little boy to loving him, to being intentional with him, to seeking out personal time with him to get to know him. Um, and just watching him love that little boy and choose him was just, I saw, oh my goodness, if my husband is choosing to love him, like God loves us even more. And so, like he said, adoption is choice. You're being chosen. And we tell Evan all the time, we got to choose you. We got to pick you. We got to say yes to you. But the other thing I was telling him is that with adoption, everybody's like, oh my goodness, it's so lucky. Adoption is also so broken. And so recognizing the fact that God is choosing you in the brokenness, and he still sits with you in the brokenness. And even though he came to us as an infant, I still have sat with his mother and seen the brokenness and how much she loves him. And so that is just like God sits with us while we're broken, and he recognizes that I'm choosing you, and I know it still hurts. I know that there's still pain, but also that there's beauty in it, that my son has another side of a family who loves him so much, and we get to love him together in that beauty. And so, yes, it's both broken and beautiful, but it's also like God has chosen us. And so I think over the last five and a half years, like I never thought myself would be adoption. Like that wasn't mine. But when God calls you to that, you're like, okay, let's go. And I have learned so much about God's love through adoption. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. She did a great job. Did a great job. All right, well, there's more good news found in Galatians 4, um, Galatians uh, verses 7. It says this, it says, Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. His heir, we have an inheritance. As adopted children, God gives us an inheritance of his kingdom. And Romans 8 says that we are actually co-heirs with Christ. His son gets an inheritance, and we are co-heirs with Jesus on that level. Like, that is amazing news. The passage continues. It says, Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that didn't even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say, God knows you, why do you want to go back again to become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. See, back then, people were trying to earn God's favor. They were trying to go through these religious practices so that God would approve of them, that God would accept them. And I loved what Tony said last week. He says, these religion, these, you know, Ten Commandments, these religious principles are healthy things to follow. When we sow good 
deeds and good things, we are going to reap a harvest. So it's not that we shouldn't abide by the Ten Commandments, but realizing that there's no way that we can be perfect in following them all the time. That's why we need grace. And grace is given, salvation is given because of Christ. But these people were so stuck on the duties and the religion part of it that he says, why are you doing all of this? And it made me make the question in our culture, why do we want to gain favor? And when we hear like, oh man, I'm so blessed or I have favor, often we relate that to things. We relate that to wealth or education or status or success, some type of level. We see a person, we're like, wow, you are blessed or you're favored by God. I wonder how Paul felt writing this book to the Galatians in house arrest. I imagine that his level of success at that time wasn't all that impressive. And I think that's where the danger is because I feel like God's favor and his blessing exceeds this world. It exceeds it, it's to the life that comes. And we can be thankful and we can experience God's goodness and blessing here on earth. But we have to be mindful that the real goal is in heaven. The real goal starts in the life that we have when everything is perfect, where there is no sin. And that's what we see in the life of Jesus. He left that place to come down and get this. He leveraged things of the earth to point people to an eternal perspective of his kingdom. When the disciples were fishing, what they cared about was fish. And they tried really hard to get it, but when Jesus came on the scene, he says, cast your nets. And there was so much fish that the boat began to sink. He used the things of earth to leverage them to show them eternal things. And so when we use our time and our talent and our treasures, and we say, you know what, God, these are for you. I want to leverage these things for the benefit of others, to show them God's kingdom, to show them God's love. Like that's what he did with feeding of the 5,000. He took care of their physical need because he wanted to show them what their spiritual need was as well. And so as we wrap up things, we realize that Matthew 24 says that heaven and earth will all disappear, but my words will last forever. And that's why Paul just pleads with people. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things, whether I have a lot or a little. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from the laws, free from the duty of doing these spiritual things so that I can live free in Christ. So the, the point I want to leave with you today as the worship team comes up um, is that you are chosen by God. You're adopted, and there is a count, there is a price that he has paid for you to be in his family, and he delights in that. And the second thing I want you to think of is, why am I wanting to, to have favor? Am I after God's favor for blessing so that my business will succeed, so that my marriage will be healed, so that my children will be doing okay? What's my point in wanting God's blessing? Because our blessing, we should be thinking eternal as well and using that to bless others and to give to others. So let's go ahead and, and stand. And as, as we sing this song, 
ask God, what, what are you saying to me today? <laughs> In all that we've seen, what, what's my assignment? What's my role? And maybe you just need to thank God. And maybe he needs to heal you right now that you are chosen, that you are a child of God, whatever that looks like. This is your time with God.